podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Harry Kane becomes Tottenham Hotspur's all-time leading Premier League goalscorer to overtake Teddy Sheringham and play his huge role in the 4-0 demolition of Everton at Wembley as we have the last word on Spurs. And to throw all the way! and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. You can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this Last Word on Spurs, we'll be taking a look back at the blitzing of Everton at the weekend. We'll be taking a host of questions for a very much star-studded panel and looking ahead to Southampton in the Premier League. So let's introduce the guests for tonight. Firstly, back on the show, we've got Jason McGovern. Jason, how are you? All good, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed Saturday's win and nice to uh, have a good weekend where the other London clubs slipped up as well. Yes, most importantly that as well. And also two debutants tonight joining us. First, delighted to have him on the show. We've got Seb Stafford-Bloor, freelance football writer. Seb, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, Ricky. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. And joining Seb tonight, we've got a female voice on the show, which is always great. The co-chairwoman of the Tottenham Hotspur Trust. Kat, how are you? I'm quite stressed, actually, Ricky. Oh, go I'm on. a very stressful day. Tell us so why. I'm hoping that you lads can, you know, give me some cathartic chat. So we'll a try. nice positive discussion about the mighty Tottenham. We'll to try, Kat. We'll try. Thank you, mate. We're talking on the back of a big, big win at the weekend, so I'm sure that is going to help us along the way. I tell you what, Jace, should we start with you? I mean, a tricky test ultimately passed with flying colours from Spurs at the weekend and a fine all-round display. And that front four, Jace, looking absolutely deadly at the moment. It, it was a, a really strange, strange game for me because I don't think Everton were anything like the the traditional Sam Allardyce side that you expect them to be. They were defensively a mess from pretty much from start to finish, and they offered nothing going forwards. And it was a, we don't get me wrong, what I'm going to say now in that we got a lot of good fortune on the day, but in no way was it a lucky win. But just some of those things that haven't quite gone for us, particularly in that West Ham game, Rooney's offside goal. You know, if we go 1-0 down, we're having to chase a game. It's entirely different. And then Aurier has a shot that's going out for a corner that Son scores from. Sonny then crosses to a slightly offside Kane for the second goal. And Harry Kane completely miskicks a ball and it ends up in the net for the third goal. But as I say, three fortunate finishes that we, you know, just gave us those breaks. But like I say, in no way could you say it was a lucky win. It was 
thoroughly deserved the win. I didn't think the margin flattered us in any way. And that fourth goal will grace any goal of the season competition come the end of the season, won't it? It was a, oh. a really wonderful goal. The, the one-touch football right at the end, the flick from Son and the back heel from Delhi and the finish from Ericsson was just exceptional. And it was a, a really good win and, and set the weekend off on the right tone. It did indeed, it really did. I mean, Seb, coming over to you, Son, Kane, Eriksen, Dembele, all at their very best. And a, a very good win, albeit possibly helped by an abject performance from Everton that we didn't really expect to see, Seb. Could you understand that? I mean, I didn't really expect Everton to come out like that. No, not at all. I, like Jason said, I, I mean, yeah, Tottenham were very lucky, but also um, I was kind of, given what we've seen against Swansea, against Burnley, against West Brom, and against West Ham a couple of days before, you kind of you saw that fixture and you saw Allardyce and you, you kind of feared the worst. But it was amazing how how easy uh, we found it to, to move up the pitch. Every every sort of every vertical pass found one of the attacking players in space, and it seemed like any any time Tottenham retrieved the ball and any time Everton turned it over, uh, a goal was sort of you know 50-50 at the end of it. I mean because the the pace with which he played was was really impressive. Um, I think. Um, I think looking back on it, Allardyce will wonder how how it was that sort of every time Son picked up the ball, he was isolated with John Joe Kenny or just one other defender, which is kind of which you know a situation which really suits his game. Um, and it was yeah, they, Everton were absolutely awful. I mean, it, afterwards Allardyce actually said that um, that he uh, he wondered whether um, uh, you know losing that game means that he's he's sort of entitled to become more boring. Uh, <laughs> Which is is kind of a, a threat in a way, isn't it, to to sort of the football watching public generally? Um, and he he sort of tried to insist that he'd been um, he'd been very cavalier with his team selection, which you know, given the, the three holding midfielders, I'm I'm not sure um, mm, yeah. not sure really stacks up. But yeah, very strange. I just it looked like a you know they were just incredibly poorly organised, and you know had um, as soon as they conceded that first goal, they don't really you know Everton are adept at sort of sitting deep and holding a game goalless. But then once they go behind and they have to sort of pursue the game, they've got no sense of balance to their play. So the moment they start stepping forward, they look ludicrously exposed. Very strange. But, yeah. you know, very efficient. You know, you kind of, um, you can only beat what's in front of you as a cliche goes. And Tottenham were ruth- absolutely ruthless. Yeah, very true. Coming over to you, Kat. I mean, it was a dominating team performance from us, which saw us simply blow Everton away. And Kat, whisper it quietly, that's 11 games unbeaten at Wembley in the league. I know. So... <laughs> We have only lost once in the league on the opening fixture. So I'm quietly relieved that we managed to break the the, uh, the Wembley jinx now. Are Thank you getting God. less questions, Kat, from people now about Wembley? There'll be the odd dig that'll come, <laughs> uh, but a lot less. Thank goodness for that. So, uh, yeah, I don't think our home record's too bad now, actually. So very, very pleased with that. Um, just rewinding back a bit, I actually mm. thought Everton started all right. I mean, I'm obviously not an expert, so no, just no. <laughs> Seb and Jason. But I thought there was a good pace to the game. I thought they showed good tenacity in midfield. And I felt that if Rooney had stayed out of the way of that shot, it could have been a very different game. So, yeah, they, they, were, they were awful as the game progressed. But, you know, there you go. That's well, my two benefits. That's my analysis for I've you. I've got to ask you, Kat. I mean, Lee Marston, 81, asked, was it that we were good on the day or was Everton poor? I had the impression that Big Sam had them playing well. What do you think on that question, Kat? I, I think we played really well. I think at the end of the day, we completely outclassed them. There were mm. some 10 out of 10 performances from our from some of our players. So, you know, I don't think it's, it's to say that we were lucky. I, I do think that we were by far the better team. But I mean, Everton, 
have not won in six now, and I think they've lost their last four games. Yeah, they have. Yeah. So they're yeah. not on a great run, let's no. put it that way. And I'll give you one little stat. That was the biggest margin of a win against Everton for Tottenham since 10-4 in 1958. There you go. Way! Kat, Kat, you've come on this evening. What's going on? You've Mate, come on. I've done my research. <laughs> there you what go. Say? Who says no one prayers for this show? There you go. Brilliant. <laughs> Jace, let's bring it back round to you then. So let's remind listeners out there that may have forgot some of the team news from the game. Um, so we had Dembele starting his second game in a row while Eric Dyer was preferred to Victor Wanyama to part of the Belgian in midfield. Jace, in terms of that lineup on the Saturday, did anything surprise you in there? I think many were surprised to see maybe Dyer picked over Wanyama, but he had a good game. What did you make that team? I wasn't so much surprised Dyer started. We know Wanyama's just coming back. I might have preferred Wanyama just to try and get another 90 minutes under his belt before that, that big run of games comes the end of the month. But I think the the margin between Wanyama and Dyer at, at times is so so marginal that there's a case for, for either of them should be in front of the other one. So I, I don't really mind. We're playing four two three one. I don't mind which one of those two. I, I can't think there's a single opponent we'll play against where I would definitely prefer Wanyama or definitely prefer Dyer over the other. So I was was quite comfortable with Dyer and, and it was just good to see Moussa Dembele back mm. looking a little bit more than the Moussa Dembele the, that we've that we've known and, and loved for the past, what, three or four seasons now. And, you know, him driving with the ball from midfield was a big part of our of our early play. And we've worried all season about whether Dembele's fitness is, is any longer good enough. And, and that was certainly the fittest he's looked for for a long time. And, and there's no doubt about it. He had a big influence on that on the game as well. So, no, the selection was, was pretty much the one that I'd have, I'd have wanted to see. Yeah, I mean, coming over to you, Seb, do you think, Having Dyer in there allows Pochettino to maybe change that formation around mid-game. He can go from a three to a four. Do you think that's the advantage of having Eric Dyer maybe over Wanyama? Or can you see pros and cons to them both at times? No, exactly that, Rick. Basically, I mean, Pochettino is prone to switching formations multiple mm. times in a game. And if you have Dyer in there, you have the ability to go to a back three without making a sub. I mean, and also, you know, you, you, you quite often see when Dyer is on the pitch, Spurs dropping into a back three when they don't have the ball anyway. Um, and it's just a, a versatility. But I also think I think um, Eric Dyer sometimes gets sort of unfairly um, branded as a as almost a stopper, as a pure ball winner. Whereas in reality, he's um, he's a very cultured player, and he he's got a lovely range of passing. I mean, he's obviously he he, he, um, he set up the third goal on on Saturday. But mm. you kind of there's a there's a range to his game um, that sort of you know means that what Wanyama gives you in the sort of the back and forward sense because he's uh, like since he's come to the club he, he's greatly improved as ball carrier I mean, he's a very dynamic player now but Dyer's Di capable of that too perhaps not in the same way and you know but they um you know it's a real luxury to have two players who are able to do you know kind of um you know contribute equal amounts with and without the ball it's a it's a great luxury to have it is and Seb Moussa Dembele a lot has been said yeah. about him this season Maybe people are arguing that, you know, the guy, is he coming towards the tail end of his Spurs career? But he started the last mm -hmm. two games. I mean, do you think the performance on Saturday maybe suggests to people out there that may doubt that, that this guy is far from finished at Tottenham? Because it was back to that Dembele we knew of, you know, 2015, 2014, 2016, that period where he was literally, you could argue, probably the best player in a Spurs shirt. Yeah, and I don't think there is an argument about that. I think he was definitively the best player. I think... Um... You know the the, the 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 synonym for his performance probably authority. He just looked everything you want. Look 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 like he 
yes, like he did in 2015, but just sort of he played with a kind of a, a confidence in his own body. You saw him take contact and, you know, pirouette away from players and stand up to tackles. And I think historically as a fan base, um, we've always reacted a little bit too much to, to sort of Dembele's peaks and troughs and also to his injury situation. And he has this habit of, you know, he'll have a bad patch and then he'll go through a run of games where he looks undroppable. Um, so, and I've been one of those people in the past, so I'm not going to make that mistake again. And, and just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't pretend to be an expert on conditioning and I don't, I don't fully understand his, his injury situation well enough to know, you know, what his longevity is likely to be or anything like that. So, you know, it's just, um, it's just nice to see him play so well again, really, Rick. Yeah, indeed. And Kat, come around to you. I mean, Dembele, as we've said, he seems to be brimming with confidence, attempting those driving runs forward that we love to see, a class act on his day. But if you watch how he draws players in, commits defenders, creates so much space for the likes of Ali, Eriksson, Son and Kane to operate. I mean, the rumours of his demise, surely, Kat, they've been greatly exaggerated, haven't they? I would think so. I mm. thought he was immense on um, on Saturday, I have to say, especially in the first half. He was a strong man of the match contender for me, actually. Was, yeah. um, he looked really positive. He made some really incisive passes as well. So if you were looking at, you know, rather than passing sideways across their box, I thought he was always trying to push forward. Um, I'm a big Dembele fan. I think he's great. I think he's an elegant player. And I think he always looks impressive. I, I have no idea about, you know, injuries and, and longevity and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I would think they're probably being exaggerated. There's only a handful of people who are really going to know that. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, yeah. So the insiders at the club. So we can speculate as much as we like. But for me, uh, long may he continue to be in our starting eleven, basically. Yeah, and Sam asked the question, Kat. I mean, is that is he back to his best? Do you think on that performance, if he can? I would think so, based that on regularly. that performance. Mm. Let's see, you know, a bit yeah. of consistency. See how the next couple of games go. But yeah, he was he was great on Saturday. He was indeed one of many. Um, Jace, just come yeah. back round to you then. So that first goal, you're going to tell me that Ori is crossing that, is he? Uh, you're telling me that Ori is shooting that, is he? And he's uh, had a bit of luck where it's fallen into Son's path from to tap that in. Is that right? I don't think there's. I don't think there's any doubt he had a shot, mate. I honestly don't think there was any doubt he had a shot. And and from the position he was in, he should have been shooting as well, rather than looking to cross it. So, um, but Sonny, Sonny, and in fact, Sonny had missed it. Deli Ali had to tap in behind him, didn't he? So, I mean, they both had the sense to follow the ball in as well. But um, it was definitely a definitely a shot. And I was disappointed on the day because Aurier had. Aurier in that first half particularly, who had the freedom down that right side of Wembley. Sigerson constantly drifting infield, so it allowed it allowed Aurier to isolate uh, Martina, their left back. And he, you know, he wasn't having to run past players. He wasn't having to dribble past players. He just had a, a straight run at Martina every time. And probably, I think he got himself into six positions. Six times he was in a, an excellent position. Four times he's crossed it a blue shirt. Once his shot got blocked and once his shot was going out for a corner until it was turned in. And I was just disappointed with his productivity from the positions that he found himself in on the day. There's no question in my mind that he's establishing himself as a number one right back. We know probably his his physicality and his attributes are better overall than Trippier's. We know one-on-one he's a better player, both defensively and attacking-wise than Trippier. But on the on that particular, on Saturday afternoon, on Saturday evening rather, we missed the Trippier delivery into the box because you, you didn't need the physicality of Aurier because he was never, nobody really attacked him at, at any stage during the game. And he, as I say, he had the, the freedom of Wembley in that first half particularly. 
Oh, so let me bring Seb in. Seb, Hotspur man, asked the question: Does Sir Jorian now, as he as he, he earned the right to that first team spot, has he still something to prove? What do you think, Seb, on the base of the last couple of games? Because for me, I think he's really started to find his feet in this league. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Rick. I, th- I think it's also fair to to remember that kind of given how much Pochettino are of his fullbacks, mm. both at Spurs but also previously at Southampton, it's only fair to to give. You know, new players who arrive a little bit of a, t- a little bit of a time to adjust tactically. Um, I think there's still a place for for Trippier in certain situations because of his delivery. Um, but if, in terms of um, in terms of having the kind of the athletic capacity to get up and down the pitch, which is kind of the primary need for that position, um, particularly at Wembley, particularly when um, you know we're trying to exploit space. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it was a straight choice, if it was a kind of a top-tier game against a, uh, a Chelsea and Man United and Manchester City, I, I think Ori has the right to, to expect to see his name on the team sheet. Um, I think it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't say we're quite a situation where we have first choice and second choices. Right, OK. Definitely, definitely on the other side of the pitch, I think that's you know still very much a rotation situation when, um, when Rose is fit and available. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, Ori is now slight, is is kind of the Carl Walker before Carl Walker decided that he couldn't um, he couldn't quite be bothered in the middle of the season um, and he needed more money. Um, but yeah, he um, he's that, nothing Seb. that Love Pochettino that. hasn't said himself. Is That's it? true, very true. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. What do you think, Kat? Coming over to you. I mean, Jason mentions the point that Ori in the first half, you know, there's been pros and cons to his game, but I think. Taking into account, when you bear in mind the player, it didn't have much of a pre-season cat. I think he's coming on quite well. And for me, I still put my hands up and say, I still think for me, he's the first choice right back. Yes. <laughs> mm, you sh- uh, what do you think? I think he had an awful lot to prove when mm. he joined us, obviously. Yeah, it was quite a controversial signing on a number of off-field no, elements as well. Yeah. How many reds has he had now? Is it two reds? Um, he had the one against West Ham. I think we're at, we're at the one at the moment. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's been booked a few times. He's he's been running the running the risk. But I mean, yeah. overall, Cat, what would you say? Would you suggest he's been a positive signing so far from what you've seen? Do you know what? I, I agree that he's growing into the Premier mm. League and he's growing into the position now. And I think it was always going to take him time to settle down. Mm. What worries me slightly is that he still looks like he's got one mistake in him every mm. game. Yeah. That's my concern. Yeah. So we just need to give him a little bit more time, have a little bit more patience. And I'm sure that he'll prove to be a decent signing. I'm certainly not disappointed. He's no, moving no. in the right direction. Yeah, I think what we've seen in Pochettino with fullbacks in the past is that he's always been a case of improving these guys. You look at the likes yeah, of Rose, exactly right. Trippiers, yeah. the Walkers out there. I mean, Chase, I think you probably would go along with Cat, wouldn't you? In terms of, you've always been one to say that there may be still alarmingly maybe a mistake in his game at times. It, well, I think we, we've all worried a little bit about the, the rashness that he's shown, but gradually there's a little bit less of that. Mm. Um I think, you know, as the season goes on, he'll adapt even more. And I think, as Seb said, you know, when you, you look at some of the specific challenges we'll have in the next few weeks against, be it Rashford, Martial, be it Salah, Marle and such, you, you're certainly looking for his pace because look at look at what a, a Torrey time Trippier had a, against Sane at Manchester City. So certainly in those games where that pace and athleticism is, is definitely uh, needed, then, then Oreo was probably going to be the pick. And if you think about it, he's now what played, started, I think, four of the last five Premier League games since that Manchester City game. So it would suggest he's, he's certainly edging ahead. But, I mean, he's, there's still some improvements to make it in for sure. There's still that 
that little bit of a worry that he'll dive in and give something away. But I suppose those things will only be smoothed out with with game time, won't they? And if he's not playing, he won't learn those things. So you know, I think by the time we get to the start of next season, we'll have a lot better Aurier than we had at the start of this year. That's for sure. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, I'm sure this show now is going to take up a huge segment on both Sonny and Kane. So I think it's only right to start with the Sonny loving. Jace, the goal he scored, obviously the first one, that whatever you want to call it, cross shot from Aurea. He held up five fingers, having now scored in five successive Premier League home matches. I mean, Sonny, you got to say this guy, Jace, there's so much love for him out there. He's becoming... One of, I mean, if not doubt, the first name on the on the team sheet, Bar K, maybe. But, I mean, Chase, what this guy's worth to this team, can you put a price on it? Because he's just in formidable form at the moment for Tottenham. He's simply everywhere on Saturday. Well, I've, I've always been a, a Sonny fan. I mean, no, 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 uh, I've never hidden that. I, I thought even last year when we used to do the other podcast, I was constantly praising Sonny and the contributions he makes. And, and I was looking up today, and it, it's it's an interesting one. The amount of players that you can, a, a comparative positions to him around the the Premier League at the moment. And you look at how many goals and assists they've they've uh, they, they've managed between them since the start of last season. Because Sonny Sonny was excellent last season as well. Let's be fair about it. And you look at it, Riyad Mahrez from from 55 starts since the start of last season, he's provided a goal or an assist every 2.2 games. And then you go down, the next one is Zaha, and then it's Rashford, and then it's Hazard, and then it's Firmino, and then it's Martial, and then it's Deli Alli, and then it's Sane, and then it's Mane, and then it's Sterling, and then it's Alexis Sanchez, and the top of that list is Shun Min Son, with, no. with a goal or an assist every 1.1 starts. Crazy. And to put him in front of a list of players mm. like Hazard, like Deli Alli even, mm. like Sane, like Mane, Alexis Sanchez, you know, he isn't rated anywhere near as, as highly as he should be by the media. But to be in front of all those people on the list with the contribution, I'm not talking about who's the best player, because I, I, as much as he plays for Chelsea, I think Eden Hazard's a wonderful player. I think Mane's been a massive player for Liverpool. But for the contribution that those players give to those clubs, for Son to be in front of all of those, I think that sums up the, the player we've got on our hands. It's true. I mean, coming over to you, Seb, SJT at Steve1985 asked the question, how underrated is Son? The guy seems to be the rock of our team at the moment. Unbelievable player. Yeah, this this might not be a popular thing to say. Um, I think one of the reasons he is underrated, although there are now an awful lot of articles written which mm. talk about him being underrated, so kind of by definition, maybe maybe that's not, not, not really true anymore. I think one of the reasons is Son, I, I haven't always been on board the, uh, the the Son bandwagon I kind of in his first 18 months of the club I, I I've always thought him a, a very talented player and someone with you know huge technical ability but um I his 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 awareness of what's happening behind him without the ball sometimes isn't the best and also his attitude is you know a little bit was a little bit suspect and I think one of the reasons the media um, don't praise him as much as Spurs fans might want them to is because he's kind of lacking a sort of a performance of Saturday's level against a really good team. So I mean, it, like he he was he was fantastic against Everton, and he's he's played well for about I want to say about three or four months now. He's played really well, mm, and yeah. the statistics don't lie. The ones that Jason's just run down, absolutely fair enough. You can't argue with them. However, I, he still hasn't really given sort of that kind of 
play with that sort of vibrancy against a a Chelsea, for instance, against an Arsenal, against a Manchester United. And I think once he does that, I think the sort of the attitude towards him will change. I think um, Pochettino was really interesting after the game on Saturday. And he, he was he was asked about Son's run of form, and he was he's very quick to stress that it it wasn't just a couple of games. He has been playing well now mm. since about September. But he also said that um, that there's been a kind of as a person, he's matured a lot over the last year. His attitude towards his role in the team, and not just when he has the ball at his feet, but in general, has really improved. And I think, kind of, his role, his sort of performance at the moment, are to an extent a byproduct of that. He feels like a greater part of the system. Whereas in the past, sometimes it seemed as if Tottenham were ten players plus this one slightly luxury footballer, um, who kind of a huge asset with the ball, and he can do wonderful things off either foot. But when, I don't know, when an opponent, I always go back to that, that game at Stamford Bridge last year when he let Victor Moses run off, at it, run yeah. off him. Mm. And that was kind of, I know it's unfair to, to, to whip a player for a, for a single moment in one game, but that was kind of um, symptomatic of, of, of what he was. Can do a lot of things well, occasionally does some bad stuff. Again, in the FA Cup semi-final, that, that tackle, it, it was sort of, it's just a slight lack of responsibility. But I think that's an area which is really improving. And, and um yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm I'm certainly coming around to him, definitely. Yeah, honestly, the just, form just on that, crazy. Go on, Jason. Just yeah, just, just on that, Seb. Yeah, I mean, he he played. He was outstanding against Liverpool at Wembley this year. Yes, he, he was outstanding yeah. against Dortmund this year. I think last year, if I remember rightly, he scored the equaliser at Man City in the two-two yeah. when we were two-nil down, and he was man of the match in the home game against Man City when we didn't have Kane, and he played as a yeah. striker. Played as a he then nine, scored. I think it? the season before he scored at Stamford Bridge on the, the famous Battle of the Bridge night. Yep. I think he scored the second goal that night. So, you know, he has performed against some of those top sides. He may not have always had a 90 minutes, but his contribution in those has been has I, been I excellent think, in, in a lot of those games. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take issue with that. What I'd say, Jason, is that I, I think there's a difference between scoring goals because he, he has, without question, come up with valuable goals in those types of games. I think there's a difference between, uh, for instance, on Saturday, you see a player who can take over a game. Mm. who is basically not unstoppable because that's a little bit of a cliche but sort of existed in that territory which occasionally Bale used to, to to operate in where he just he can't be contained and I think once you see a performance of that magnitude against uh, a team who um, you know who are a direct rival it, it, it's just it's a little bit different I mean, it's not necessarily fair it just is a little bit different he becomes a storyline within the game rather than just a guy who scored in the game um, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily fair on him, but I, I think there just is a little bit of a gap between um, the kind of performance we've seen lately and the one that's typically associated with him in the sort of the the, the, the tier one fixture, if you like. Um, and I, I think maybe the media is a little bit slow to catch up. I, I think that's fair, but then we've got to remember that all of us we watch every single Tottenham game for ninety mm. minutes, yep. whether we're in the stadium or um, you know or on TV. Um, and so we have the benefit of, of kind of a, a complete oversight, whereas, you know, that's not always the case for sort of the, the, the louder voices in the media. That's true. OK, I want to bring Kat in. Kat, can I ask you, I mean, when I look at Sonny now, I just think to myself, if we didn't have this player, this is exactly the kind of player we'd want to sign. And bearing in mind, Kat, he cost us £22 million, which, again, is still quite a lot of money even for Tottenham. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it now, God, Kat, what would this guy be worth? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, that absolutely. Price? crazy i'm just i'm just recovering from seb completely raining on my parade 
What's go all on, about? Go on, Kat. Give us a bit of loving for Sonny. Go on. What exactly. do you think of him? Exactly. Look, I'm a big Sun fan. Mm. I, I, he's his whole. He just, you know, he's so positive, both on the pitch and personality-wise. I'm really interested in Seb's comment about attitude, actually, because I would have thought he was textbook in like how you are meant to be. He looks so happy and like he's thoroughly enjoying his football all the time, and his little smile lights up. You know, White Hart Lane lights up Wembley. I'm, I'm a big fan. And I think there's a little lesson here to learn for all of us as well. Because when he started in the 2015-16 season, he didn't really get that much game time. No, and fair, do you remember yeah. he, he went mm-hmm. and asked for a, for a move he because he, he mm-hmm. wanted to, to, to play more football. And he was told to stay and try and fight for his place. And he did just that. And by that September, he'd picked up the Premier League Player of the Month award, won it again last April. And, and now you look at the performances that he's turning in. I think he's great. And I think you're absolutely right that if he was playing for someone else in this window, we'd now be saying we need somebody like him. I, I can't put a figure on yeah. it because, I mean, mm. it's gone crazy. Anyway, hasn't no, it, it has. the figures the, the on transfers these crazy. days, but a lot more than 22 million. Yeah, but I have to ask you, Kat. I mean, there's been obviously the talks about Spurs hopefully getting Toby tied down. That seems to be the main one. But how important is it, Kat, we look to tie down Sonny? Because, yeah. like we said recently, I mean, I get Seb's points and also last season and the season before, but because of the form he's in right now, you just think yeah. the guy looks like he's improving every single game. We want to make sure that it's going to be at Tottenham rather than somewhere else. Of course. I mean, retaining our top players Mm. is key here. There's no point in signing new players if you're not going to retain the the backbone of the team that you've got. And I'm pretty sure there's an awful lot of talk about the wage ceiling and, you know, contract negotiations and all the rest of it. I'm pretty sure that Levy will be very aware that he's building a sparkling new stadium and you need a sparkling team to go in that. Your team can't be the afterthought. Your team need to be everything. So let's just fingers crossed. I would definitely be renegotiating. Jace, I want to come round to you then. So Spurs within two minutes of the restart saw Son produce that sublime turn on the left side to beat Kenny, then gets outside of Holgate and crosses the ball into Kane who taps home. But as we said, Sonny's been superb everywhere in that game. And Kane, Jace, he broke that uh, that, that of a record. All-time Premier League top goalscorer for Tottenham Hotspur. What a big feat that is. You just run out of run out of things to say about Kane every single week there at the moment there's just more records coming up isn't there and well, the next one will be his 100th Premier League goal and you expect him to do that with a hat-trick that's the type of things that, that he'll do it, it, it's just <laughs> I don't know what there is anything new to say about him we're just so so lucky that we're, we're in the Harry Kane era for Tottenham it's it's astonishing the things he's doing Can I the, I mean, the, the Crossfield I'm, I'm, pass hmm. I think as well to to the one that yeah. so the one that Sonny hit against the post. I think came from mm. we're seeing that crossfield ball uh, starting to come out now. I think that's the third or fourth fourth time we've seen that recently, and it's just his awareness of, of people. It, 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 I, I can't praise the man enough. Well, I tell you, Jace. I know because you struggle for words. We do this show every week on Kane, and he kind of always seems to you know never fail to amaze us his ability Matthew Borum asked the question I'll ask this to you Jace can we talk about Kane's Hodowesk passing which you've just alluded to and that he's worth so much more than the financial fair play will prevent a transfer he's 300 million and no team can afford 300 million I don't want to say that Jace uh, because there's probably clubs out there that could do that <laughs> well you know whether we get the offer in the summer or not I'm, you know, I've said all along haven't I? I'm convinced he'll be there until at the very least until the end of year one in that new stadium I don't think there's any any real desire for him to go anywhere. I don't think Tottenham, I think Tottenham would be completely foolish to, as Kat says, when you're building that new stadium and he's your poster boy, you really would be foolish to give that away regardless of what money you've got on offer. Um, further down the line, 
you can't look three, four, five years down the line, can you? Let's just make sure we enjoy him and and everything he does at the moment is just. It's just brilliant for us. Nothing that he does surprises you anymore. You go to every game, you you don't even expect him to score just once, do you? You, you kind of go there expecting him to score a hat trick every time. It's it's astonishing the, the the run of form that he's on, and and it's what twenty goals now for four years in a row. And we're on the thirteenth of January, and he's got twenty Premier League goals when he doesn't score in August. I mean, it is it is ridiculous the the level of yeah. of ability he's on now. It's funny you say that, Jason. I look at some of the stats. 2014-2015 was 21 goals. 2015-2016 was 25. 2016-2017 was 29. He's on 20 already. And like you said, we're in January only. And he's not in played August. So it's just it's just crazy. I say he's not played August. He didn't I mean, score in August. but I mean, right. it's, it's a golden boot. As, as, providing he stays fit for the rest of the season, mm. it's another golden boot. And you think he'll have 40 goals by Easter at this rate. I mean, oh, it's ridiculous. It is. Ridiculous. Seb bringing you in. I mean, he scored 20 league goals in, like I say, with the four consecutive seasons. The first Spurs player to do so since Jimmy Grews between 61-65. And Jimmy, obviously, is the one that's heralded as the Spurs' best ever striker. Yeah. But Kane, I mean, Seb, can you add anything new to this? Because me and Jace, we struggle every week with him. He's just undeniably a special, special talent, Harry Kane, at this club. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that gets overlooked with Kane is that sort of um, there's this habit now whereby after every after every Tottenham game, um, the tendency on television is to try and is always to ask the question about whether Spurs can keep these players. And mm. Obviously, Kane is top of that list. I think the one thing that gets overlooked with him is that not, not how much he would cost, but that Kane has a chance to do something that very few people do and that he, he not only plays for the club he's sported as a boy, but he occupies a space with the fans and, you know, obviously with his ability where he can potentially kind of, you know, disturb the order of the club's legends. So I, I, I think that's more of a factor in, you know, his long-term future than, than, than is commonly assumed in that if you have the chance to become a, you know, this generation's version of Jimmy Greaves, that is some, that's a hell of a thing to pass up for the sake of a, you know, a couple of trophies, you know, in, in, in Spain, for instance, or, you know, I'm not saying there's not going to be temptation for Kane and there aren't going to be very, very large offers in his future. Of, of course, there will be eventually. Um, but I think it's something that people can can take great heart from in that he is um, he is not just another player. He is not a he is not a Luka Modric or a Gareth Bale who we had no real right to demand loyalty from. Mm, I know yep. it's a kind of a galling thing to say, but you know there was no there was no natural loyalty between Gareth Bale and you know uh, and Tottenham. I mean, a lot of fans wanted shot of him when before sort of Inter Milan and before he sort of came into the team. So you can't have it both ways. With Kane, it's it's just it is just a little bit different. Um, it's a kind of Gerrard and Liverpool situation um, potentially. So it's. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's that's the only thing new I've got to say other than yeah, he scores loads of goals. <laughs> the breadth of his play and his distribution is getting better seemingly by the week. I mean, you mentioned his crossfield passes, Ricky, mm-hmm. um, and um, the ball he dug out for Dali Ali at Swansea was uh, one of the passes of the season, I think. Oh, it's incredible, Seb. Yeah. The comments you've made, do you think that's enough to keep him? That Jimmy Greaves' record. The, do you believe that in your heart of hearts? Can you see that's enough to, yeah, to keep a player money aside? So, uh, and- well, I, I think also, look, the, the stadium, um, not immediately and not overnight, but the, the, the new stadium changes the financial reality a little bit. Mm. Um, and so we'll never be able to to pay Manchester City wages, Manchester United wages, you know, but eventually there'll be a sort of, you know, hopefully a parity with the kind of the Liverpools of this world, the Arsenals of this world. And so there's a, you know, we won't have this weird, um, 
you know gap between i mean we we sort of you know pay on stoke city levels at the moment so you know i i i, I think it changes a little bit and yes i do think he'll stay i i can't i can't honestly make a, a compelling case for him not to put it that way that's fair enough i think yeah. he's well as well rick yeah. his contract logically will be the first one yeah, his his contract will set the level, won't it? Because well, that's the thing, yeah. once Keynes is set, mm. if you put on Kane to 170 grand a week, then then you can set the the Deli Alleys and Christian Eriksons at 130 grand. If you set Harry Kane and you only give him 120 grand a week, then then that obviously affects the levels that other players can be on. And I've got absolutely no doubt that his contract will get sorted before the end of this well certainly before the start of next season as well fingers crossed fingers crossed Jace Cat want to bring you in we've spoken about Kane do you think Cat from your perspective being on the being on the trust I mean do you think the vision of that new stadium is enough to keep this player Cat he's the poster boy of this football club no doubt about yeah, it yeah no, he really is and, and I think Seb made some very valid points there so in the pub after the match on Saturday having a similar discussion and I think the thing that is also overlooked is he's a local lad you know he's from mm. Chingford Yep. So just round the corner from where I am now. Yeah. Uh, Ninal is in Loughton, round the corner <laughs> from where I am now. You know, he's got a young family. He's got different things going on in his life. And he's only ever played for Tottenham since he's been of an age of sense, basically. Yeah, very well, very well said, Kat. Very well done Thank there. Thank you. That was brilliant. Exactly. And, and it, it must be a, a, a really strange situation. You've only ever known that one club. Mm. You've only ever known that one system. You know that you're a massive fish in that pond now. And you know that hopefully the club's going places. To move anywhere else would be, I would have thought, much more of a wrench than it would be for your average Premier League player. Yeah. So, and especially to move abroad. So I'm kind of banking on that too. I don't think there's a cat in hell's chance that he wants to go anywhere before we're back in that new stadium. So that's completely written off. He's not going anywhere for me. And then I would say we've got at least a year or two inside that new stadium. But what we do then will dictate what happens to his career, in my opinion. I would not expect him to stay around if we ended up being a mid-table side. Just no. wouldn't. No, I completely agree with you on that. I mean, but Kat, the great thing about Tottenham is, and I am going to bring them lot in down the road, you can see, Kat, we are progressing. And yeah. a club like there, you can see they are declining. So you'd understand why Kane at the moment, everything kind of ticks the, ticks the boxes. He's absolutely adored by the fans. You know, he's going into a stadium yeah. where it's going to be packed every single week. And we've seen at Wembley, the attendance is generally, Kat, they've been quite decent. So, I mean, there's everything there for Kane to really become a legend of this football club, isn't there? Absolutely. And it, you're right. It is a really special relationship mm. between the fans and him. And that isn't replicated anywhere else in this league that I can think of. Yeah. So that is something to be very proud of on both sides, I think. And, and yeah, you're right. The attendances at Wembley, they've been pretty good. I think it's a 65,000 mm. average. That's not bad at all. That's more than we're going to have in our new ground. So, yes, theoretically, we should sell out every week. Um, I think it will be a very interesting time. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the club will do everything they can to keep him. And I don't particularly see him pushing to move anywhere. So I think that's happy days. And he did bring the sunshine back by referencing that lot down the road who were going in the completely opposite direction to us. And I am loving that. Oh, I couldn't help myself. And I know Seb was, I know Seb was there well done, on Sunday. So I had to kind yeah. of bring this in. Seb, what are you making down there? I mean, it was, it was a great, it's always a great weekend, Seb, when Tottenham win Arsenal lose. You can't get away from that. I have to bring it up. <laughs> well it was also it was also the style of it Rick as well it was mm. kind of um, I left Wembley on, on Saturday night and headed down to Bournemouth and um, and uh, it had been so conclusive and, and so stylish for most of it at Wembley and then um, I mean it's almost it's, it's a funny thing I, I was writing an article today and um, it's strange comparing my feelings to this Arsenal now as opposed to how I used to feel about some of their players you know maybe 20 years ago um, and you don't really 
you don't really hate any individual Arsenal player. You don't. I don't have as much. Uh, you know, professionally, I have to subdue it a little bit, or try to at least. <laughs> um, so that's in play. But but as a fan, it's kind of, it's a mark of their sort of malaise that um, that they are they have no one single characteristic anymore. And um, their game with Bournemouth was, you you could see the result coming a mile away, um, because it was so insipid and so, it's just yeah, cavalier really. I mean, and um. I don't know, I actually found myself in a weird situation of, of um, having a lot of sympathy for Arsene Wenger after the game. He looks so beaten down. He, he, and he, he, you know, he's, he's in his late 60s, so he, he's an old man, technically. Um, but it just, um, it's such a mess. Um, and it's amazing how far, I mean, we'd all admit, looking back now, that Arsenal were a long way ahead of us for a long time, mm, yeah. um, in a lot of different senses. And now, I'm not going to be premature and start saying that we as a club are miles ahead of them, because, you know, it is... We have only finished above them for one season. But there is, yes, star-wise and substance-wise, there is a huge gulf between the sides currently. Um, I know that can change, but it's, um, yeah, really it's quite stark, especially when you get, you get to see them you know, within 24 hours of each other. Uh, it's, um, it's quite an amazing thing. I'd go along with amazing. That was that was pretty amazing. <laughs> that was pretty amazing the weekend. I'm not going to lie. Jay, did you enjoy uh, Sunday after, on the back of that win on Saturday? I did, but but there's always my worry when with when it's them particularly. Mm. I still look at it here and think, as mess as they are, they've got one foot in the the door of another final, mm. and they could yeah. be on for a what a fourth trophy in five seasons. So we've got to start. You know, start the, the worst trophies, Arsenal we've known mm. in our, in for what in twenty odd years is still, you know, with a great chance to win a fourth trophy in five years, and that's yeah. that's always the thing that that will get thrown back at us that. You know, this great Pochettino and successful Tottenham that's moving ahead still haven't got that, that bit of silver on the on the mantelpiece. And um, But I, I certainly wouldn't swap our position with theirs in any way at all. And But I, I'm not quite ready to sing mine the gap just yet. I've been, uh, it's been <laughs> yeah, ran down our throats too often time. We've seen 10-point leads disappear and things like that. So I'll, I'll celebrate when I, I know for sure we've, we're in front of them again at this season. No, it's a fair point. I mean, like I say, I think that's the thing missing from this Tottenham side. We've said it before and we say it every year, I feel, whatever show we've been on, is that it's just that trophy. And fingers crossed, we do start to take them seriously this season in terms of the FA Cup. And who knows, Champions League, that's a dream in itself, but that's going to be a glamour tie as well. Um, bringing it back to the game, Jace, the, the third goal, ironically, came. A bit of a scuff, wasn't it, from Dyer's cross? But um, they all count. You take them, Jace. Well, I think Seb picked up on it earlier. It was a fantastic ball in from from Eric Dyer and um, was it a missed kick from Kane or did he did the well, goalkeeper did he read where the goalkeeper was going and decide mm. this is a clever way to lob him <laughs> <laughs> the way Kane is you wouldn't put that past no, him you but no it was a, a scuff finish and it seemed to take an eternity to, to drop in but they all count mate and he's entitled to get a couple of uh, a couple of tap-ins and at least that gives gives you know those people that accuse him of being a tap-in merchant at least you know they probably took some comfort in that goal that's for sure well, I've got a job. I'm going to ask this question over now to Seb. Um, Seb, this is from Zoe Pearson at Z underscore Pearson CHFC. Zoe, I hope you're well. Um, she asked the question, Seb, with Dyer being substituted, the times Wanyama has been brought on from the bench, does the panel feel that it's very much an either toss-up between Eric and Victor going forward? Is that how you see it, Seb? Is it based on the opposition? What do you think? Because it's always an intriguing comparison, those two, in terms of who starts games. Yeah, I think we touched on this earlier. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, I think it's, mm. I think it's, um, yeah, it's definitely dependent on the opposition. It's also dependent right. on what, what exists elsewhere in the side. So, um, if you've got a, um, 
you know, it, at the moment, Toby Alderweireld is obviously out long term and isn't expected back until next month. I think that kind of strengthens the case for, for Dyer because there's a little bit more overlap between him and uh, Alderweireld than there is between him and uh, Wanyama. Um, so, uh, between Wanyama and Alderweireld, sorry. I think, um, I, I think one of the things with Wanyama is he has been out for quite a long time and he's played well in both those games since he came back. But let's just um, let's just uh, let's be patient with him, because he's a, a lot of his game depends on athleticism. He's a skillful player, of course, and good technically. But he, um, you know, there, there's no real need to rush him back because to have a fully fit and fresh Victor Wanyama between sort of March and May is a huge asset, um, particularly given some of the fixtures and the kind of the Juventuses and you know we we've we've got a North London derby not too far away as well. True, remember, yeah. so not round the uh, and yeah. hopefully uh, you know a deep FA Cup run. So I mean, at the moment, I think Dyer is rightfully the first choice. Um, but you know, it, it's it should be absolutely no concern to anybody if if Wanyama is kind of if his fitness is gradually built over the next month in what is quite a sort of an easy run of games or an easier run of games. Yep, true. Cat bringing you in the fourth goal. I mean, it was champagne football, wasn't it? That move. I mean, finished Beautiful. off by Ericsson. Sonny's flicking to the ball. Ali first. I mean, back he it. I mean. But that goal, Kat, that was everything, you know, as a Tottenham fan, that's what we love them for, for that kind of football. And Pochettino, you know, some people in the past criticise his football, but nothing wrong with that goal, Kat, was there? No, absolutely not. And I mean, you will have gathered, <laughs> I am not an on-field expert, such as the lovely Seb and Jason here. The, the reason that I chose to support Tottenham was because I like to be entertained. Mm. So that goal kind of epitomised mm. everything that is the reason that I support Tottenham. I, I love all that stuff. That's exactly what I want. I want to be mesmerised. And I think The Guardian called it a goal of picture book, picture book prettiness. Mm, and I think that's was. spot on. It, it was. was a beautiful move. A great goal. It was lovely. We all went slightly mental in block 131. Well, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure all the other blocks around you, Kat, had some fun as well. It yeah, was exactly. a wonderful, wonderful goal. I mean, Jace, beautiful. what a move. Uh, the whole thing from start to finish, I think... I think the Guardian, as you're right, did a piece today where it, they took it back further than than uh, perhaps yes. we all remember, and, and all eleven players within that move touched the ball, and we kept it. I forget how many touches it was, but the last, those last three or four touches were just, as Cat says, they're what you want to see, aren't they? They're, it's, they're the types of goals you you don't picture seeing too many times on Hackney Marshes on the, no, on, the <laughs> on the wet Sunday morning, do you? That, that's what you pay to see top players do, and it was just a fantastic finish by Ericsson as well. Probably the goalkeeper is probably expecting him to bend it the other side, and he whipped it in on that that near side, and just everything about that goal was was fantastic. And Seb, from your perspective, being in the press box, how good did that look from your perspective? That goal. Uh, it was good enough for me to, to, to lose my professionalism for a few seconds. Really? It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was sitting next. Yeah, I, I was um, I was sitting next to uh, Alistair Gold, who uh, works for Football London. Yeah. who most of you will know. We've got him on the show. Um, yeah. Lovely guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, a lovely bloke, but also a Spurs fan. And mm. um, yeah, there was a knowing glance between the two and that one. <laughs> so uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, just on Ericsson, Seb, I mean, there's been reports over the weekend that this guy, I mean, he said himself that his contract is progressing in the right direction. Not losing too much back to down the road, Seb, how important is it that Spurs look to tie down the likes of Ericsson? Because I was really surprised that, Seb, you know, Barcelona, they, fair enough, Coutinho has been brilliant for Liverpool over these last few seasons, but I'm stunned that Ericsson hasn't, I don't want him to, I want him to keep under that radar, but I'm stunned that other clubs haven't been alerted to this guy's form because, again, he's been brilliant throughout the season at times, Seb. 
Yeah, the, the Barcelona thing is interesting because I think he's a, I think he's a superior player to Coutinho. He perhaps doesn't have the kind of the highlights reel mm. that Coutinho does. That's a fair but point. I think all yeah. round, you know, I, I think as a, you know, as an all round midfielder, I, I, I think he's the better of the two. Um, I think it's important in the obvious sense that um, you need to uh, what you want to do as soon as you allow one of these sort of marquee names to mm. go, you've got a little bit of a problem. So I think obviously, yeah, his playing value speaks for itself, but. You, you 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 don't want to get in the habit of of losing players and and sort of casting yourself as a selling club and 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 being willing to kind of listen to offers. Um, yeah, get the new contract done. Of, of course, it's 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 hugely important. And he's um, I actually thought it's um, you know Dembele certainly was in with the shout and uh, Son had some lovely moments. But I thought actually Ericsson was the best player on the pitch on Saturday. Yeah. Um, not in a you know a spectacular goal way. I just thought his movement of the ball. And his receiving of the ball was, was superb for, for 90 minutes. Brilliant. Yeah, and Kat, coming over to you. I mean, he seems to be more subtle than some of the other players, but his intelligence at times with his passing and positioning, Kat, he plays with his own pace as well, let's not forget. Ericsson, how good is he in this team, Kat? And again, another player we surely, like Sonny, we have to look about tying down, don't we, Kat? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll go back to my earlier comment that you've got to retain your best talent and he's without a shadow of a doubt one of our best players and he's just been named Danish Player of the Year as well, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ericsson is one of these players that you need to really watch Tottenham to appreciate. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, cool. Seb's absolutely mm-hmm. right about the highlights reel. He's a player that we appreciate because we watch him 90 minutes, week in, week out. But, that you know, I, I don't think that outside Tottenham he gets the credit that he deserves. But I'm quite fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, He's, he, he's, you know, vital, a, a vital cog in the Tottenham wheel. He's indeed. And Jace, I mean, again, we'd say the same question like we said with Sonny Eriksson. What would it cost if he wasn't at Tottenham to buy it, to bring him into the club? I mean, again, we're looking at a lot more money than what we pay for him, the 11 million, I think, Jace, at the time. Well, exactly. And you know, when people say we wasted all that bail money, it's worth looking at and remembering that Eriksson came as that. Mm. So we might yeah. have wasted a lot of it, but we certainly didn't waste all of it. And, and you're right. Again, it, if he wasn't at Tottenham, he's exactly the type of player we'd be looking to bring in. But but don't don't keep trying to sell them all, Rick. Don't, no, don't talk not... too much about contracts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, are we confident, Jason? This this would be for me, Ericsson. It's a big player to get over the line, isn't it, from a contract perspective? Because again, like Kat has said, he's one of the key players. He's a very much pivotal part of this squad, Jason, to tie down, isn't he? Yeah, of course he is. And we had that big big uh, uh, batch of new contracts. What? towards what September October last year of which I think Ericsson was one of those then so yep. I'm, I'm sure you know as, as Kat said with that shiny stadium and and the financial advantages we hope it gives us uh, it's certainly supposed to give us I'm I'm confident that a lot of those players will, will agree new, those new deals between you know certainly between now and and the start of next season and uh, I'm not in the least bit concerned about losing Ericsson this summer, that's for sure. Fingers crossed. And Jay, sticking in for a second, Deli Alley, that back heel. I mean, he's provided seven assists in 22 Premier League games this season, already matching his tally from 37 league games in 2016-2017. So I make that point to say he's not had a less productive season as last season. He's already matched that total already, Jace. Well, exactly. And, you know, when I gave that list for Sonny, Deli Ali was in front mm. of a hell of a lot of other players on that list as well. So we, we all know he, he's struggled week in, week out this season, but his influence is still big on games. And as you're right, he, I thought he had a, an, an OK game Saturday. There was a lot of good things he did. You know, lots of the flicks and tricks and the confidence he's back in his game. When players 
try flicks and tricks, they're not all going to come off. You know, it's quite simple. You will lose the ball doing trying to do something creative when you're trying to thread eye of a needle passes or you're playing little one twos, you'll lose the ball occasionally. And it's just important that we remember that, you know, nobody's going to have a hundred percent success rate trying to one twos and things, but uh, Ali's a big part of Tottenham. And, and again, you know, I'm thoroughly looking forward to seeing him in that new stadium. Indeed, very much so. Seb, questioning from Jordan Hussein, who says, looking at our upcoming fixtures after Southampton, we have United, Liverpool and Arsenal. Is this where we make or break for the top four? And do we need to have any additions to help the squad? What do you think, Seb? Uh, it's really two questions, isn't it? It is I, two um, part, yeah. Sorry, I should say that. Yeah, <laughs> you overworking me, Rick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, of course, like uh, season's always going to be, you know, partly defined by what you do against those mm. kind of teams. Yeah. Um, so yes, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I'm not someone who knows these things. You need someone, um, you know, a little bit more uh, informed than me to answer transfer questions. I wouldn't hold out too much hope of any business. Um, do you think so, when he's doing any, from your perspective as a fan? Uh, it's no, not so much that. I think the one transfer thing that we need to resolve is this habit of, of trying to do a deal and leaving it as late as possible, it needs to go. Mm. Poshino said as much himself. He has that to the, be there, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, his, um, one of the reasons I, I, I would think that he doesn't really enjoy January you know, business is, is because his type of football really benefits from players being together in pre-season and having a, you know, a full conditioning programme, full set of friendlies and just you know, proper preparation. Uh, which obviously you're not going to get in January because too many fixtures, and which if you leave business until until the last days of August, you don't really take advantage of either. So I'm not so bothered. I, I, I think um, the squad at its best with everyone available is good enough to do what we need it to do this season. Um, in the summer, it's different because you know other teams make signings and additions, and everyone you know football is about moving forward continually. Um, and so, you know, if, if if Tottenham want to keep pace, then they need to 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 find themselves in a, you know, in a kind of uh, need to, you know, become perpetually, you know, uh, evolution essentially. Um, and uh, yeah, and hopefully in July. <laughs> fingers crossed. Forward, hopefully. Well, fingers crossed. Before I yeah, bring yeah, Kay well, to ask us some trust questions, can I ask you, Jace? Comments there from Seb. Anything you want to add about transfers? Are you sick of it already? We're halfway through, Jace, of the month. I'm sick of it every day, mate. We get linked with so many players and there's, there's so much rubbish written at this time of year and now it's all about Alexis Sanchez over the last couple of days. It's which Manchester club wants him and do we want Malcolm or do Arsenal want Malcolm and Liverpool have strengthened and then suddenly they've weakened and all the, all the rubbish that goes with the window. You know, just... We know that if we've got our side or our squad fully fit and it's been good to have Lamella back, it's been good to see Wenyama coming back... Mm. Hopefully, Rose and, and Toby are back. You know, awesome. when we've got that squad all together, you think, which, which players can we bring in that are really going to make a difference to us at, at this time of year? Um, or, or anyone else that we bring in is just going to be on the fringes of it. In which case, you know, when we go to Juventus and we play Arsenal and Man United next, you know, we've got pretty much every player in place that we'd want to start those games anyway. So, you know, for me, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And, you know, I'm also seen enough transfers in their time to think that every time you make a transfer inwards they always look a brilliant player but 50% of them don't always 
turn out the way you want them to do anyway, mate. So there's as much chance of signing a dud in January as there is a great one. I think the, the worst thing, Jason, at the moment is you see a player like Malcolm, who, let's be fair, I think majority of Spurs fans, me included, a month ago, didn't really know much about this guy. We find out he might be going to Arsenal and it's like a meltdown. But to be fair, we didn't know much about him in the first place, Jace. No, exactly. You know, <laughs> you're right. A few him. weeks ago, nobody. Well, and he's a 20-year-old a... Brazilian player <laughs> that's that's having a great season. But you know, exactly. Calm down. He's he's mm. hardly got a proven track record. And you know, if he goes on to join Arsenal, he makes it good there. Well, so what? You know, we we took Deli Ali under those circumstances, and it came right it for us. So yeah, you know, as I say, just calm down over transfers. Have you googled him then, Cat? If I get, yeah, I, I live by Danny Rains. <laughs> Google Dan, all of them. The Danny Rains Google. <laughs> Kat, I've got to ask you if you've got them on the show. Just a couple of questions, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, sure. One, have you heard anything about the stadium? Do you think it's still on track as far as we're aware for the start of next season? Yeah, so we haven't heard anything otherwise. You right, okay. know that last week the NFL games were announced. Mm, yep. So it's Seahawks Raiders next October. So they're obviously planning on having a stadium to play in. Oh, that would be a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, that would be embarrassing. Uh, it would be. Uh, the, the stock answer is parts are ahead, parts are on time and parts are behind, as is to be expected on a build of this complexity. That's kind of your stock line. We certainly heard nothing otherwise. So um, we have a rep. He sits on a monthly group. Uh, it's um, a business community liaison group. And it's right. um, community reps, club reps, reps from MACE, who are the contractors, uh, reps from the trust and, and we get a lot of information there that you can find on our website so everything looked to be on track they were starting to bring parts of the pitch down from Yorkshire best county obviously there uh, so there's quite a lot of information there <laughs> but as, as far as we are aware they are on schedule but it's going to be tight because obviously they need, a, they need test events as well to get mm. a safety license so that's going to be pretty tight so Is this typical Tottenham cat, leaving it late again yeah of course mate <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll probably find way, out we? 48 hours beforehand where we're playing, you know what oh, I mean? So. <laughs> last question. No, uh, fingers crossed mm. it will be back. Okay, and last Hopefully. question, Kat, on it. Um, fans, I've seen a couple of tweets going out to your accounts asking if there's going to be any communication coming up with season ticket holders about yeah, yeah. designated points in terms of where they're going to be placed in the stadium. I presume, again, yeah. it's a case of waiting to find out from the club that all the systems go well with the stadium, right? Is that the case of what's going on? Yeah, kind of. I mean, we had preliminary ticketing talks back in October where we threw a few things into the mix that they were going to take away and discuss right. with their board and come back to us. Now, the one area they couldn't share at that time was pricing. Right. So I've been pushing mm. for a follow-up. We're actually with their full board next month, so mid-February. Okay. So if nothing's progressed by then, I'll make sure it's top of the agenda for that meeting. Uh, but as far as I know, they're not ready to discuss pricing yet. And obviously, if you haven't priced your stands mm. or areas of stands, you can't start asking anyone where they want to sit because that will all depend to a, a large extent on how expensive it's going to be right so there was a process that we recommended as to how they should transfer fans over it won't be a lift and drop every fan will choose their own seat but right, obviously okay. not all 40,000 season, <laughs> season ticket holders can go on at one time right. and choose their own seat so there'll need to be some form of priority process that we are advocating should be based on longevity of season ticket combined with loyalty points and broken down into windows of say 5,000 just to make it slightly more digestible and easier to manage um, but obviously that process will need to start well, spring at the absolute mm, latest. Yeah, pretty soon. So, yeah, if 
there isn't communication by March, I'd start to worry a little. Um, but let's not worry now. We're only in January and we're on their backs. So we're hassling them, you know, every week. Are you ready to progress this yet? So as I said, we're with them the middle of Feb. And if we've heard nothing more by then, that'll be top of the list. OK, I know we're in safe hands, you and Martin, Kat. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> nothing to worry about at all. You fool. <laughs> can I just ask Kat, Rick? Yes. Yeah, go for it. Was, I think on the timeline for the stadium, Kat, was there not a stage when Daniel Levy told the trust that a visible sign of, of whether really we were on time on, or not is the roof going on, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it supposed to be uh, the end of January, January, early, January Feb- early February? Yeah. Yeah. As an indication of whether we're we're bang up to speed at that You're stage. You're absolutely right. He did say that. Yeah. So we'll um, we'll be watching. So basically, in a month's time, if it's not up there, panic. <laughs> if there's no roof, yeah. <laughs> panic. <laughs> Unless there's a change to the stadium, we're not going to have a roof. Maybe that might be another another feature. Who knows? Who knows? Or otherwise, just put a tarpaulin cover over the top of it. That would do. Yeah, it's no hassle. <laughs> that would work well. Any no any other juicy bits, cats at all? Anything from the trust? Anything else you say to share, or not really from your end? Mm, I mean, it, it's been such a busy season because mm. obviously the move into Wembley and then. All the ticketing there, it's, you know, new for so many people. Yeah. I think we've only got seven league games there now, so yeah, it's left gone, there now. It's gone so that, quick, hasn't it? It has gone, it quick. has gone quickly. Mm. I mean, it's been a slog for most people, and I think most people have tolerated it, but not massively enjoyed it. But, you know, it is what it is, and it's, you know, it needs to be done. It's a necessary evil. Um, so, you know, Wembley, I think, is finally ticking over. Um, but then, obviously, we've been trying, with the, the other hand, to keep tabs on what's going on with the build and, and set things up for next year as well. Mm. So there's an awful lot of conversations going on, but most of it has been, you know, day to day, dealing with, as we said, ticketing issues or some casework and that kind of thing. I have got one thing though, okay. actually, that is a bit random, but I'm right. going to use you as a bit of a plug. Okay. So, <laughs> right, I'm not going to jinx this. So I've got whatever I should have crossed so as not to jinx anything. But I was contacted by the One Show, you know, the BBC. Oh program. right, yeah. Indeed, yeah. They're doing the fifth round FA Cup draw live on the 29th of January. And they've had to contact everyone who's in the fourth round to try and line up a fan representative to go into the studio that night and react to the draw. Now, obviously, if we balls up at Newport, nobody will be needed. (laughs) But if we get through at Newport, somebody will be needed. So if anybody is interested in representing Tottenham on the one show on the 29th of January, can they drop me an email? Can, Can I give, give my email yeah, address? Yeah, please give out your email, Twitter, go for it, whatever you want to do. Go for it. Right, lovely. So send it into info at thstofficial.com. You'd need to be able to be in London for half five on Monday, the 29th of January, and you need to own a Spurs shirt because you'd have to wear it. So <laughs> that's the only criteria for now. But if people are interested, please do email me. Because it can't always be us lot, you know. Yeah. We'd like to share. We'd like to share the love around the fan base. And people so can't. They, um, they can request. find you on Twitter, can't they? Just want to give out your Twitter yeah, handle. Yeah, at catspur seventy one. There you go. Can't find me on Skype though, Ricky. No, you can't. Well, that's been a nightmare. But we won't mention that till this is out there. <laughs> Probably best to leave that one. But I've got to ask you, that one. <laughs> Seb, what have you made oh. of the uh, the cafeteria this year at Wembley? Have you enjoyed the um, stuff in the press box? What's your thoughts on the? Uh, what's it been for you this year like? Yeah, yeah, we uh, because uh, for most Premier League games, um, the, the press box at Wembley is very, very large. So um, not only are you kind of uh, short of getting your accreditation quest approved, but also um, you tend to get a whole desk to yourself, which you anyone familiar with um, the old press box at White Hart Lane will, will know is a huge luxury. Uh, it, was, um, it was pretty cramped, and anyone above probably about 14 stone wasn't getting in there. Um, it was extremely narrow. And if you ever... If you ever jumped up or moved too quickly, you, you, you ran the risk of upsetting the entire desk of laptops. Um, so, no, it's been very agreeable from my point of view. Yeah. There you go. It's had some of I mean, its pros. It's yeah. had some pros. Yeah, absolutely. 
There you yeah. go. Chase, yeah. did you want to come in there? No, I was just wondering how Arsenal's email system will be with their fans attending the fifth round draw. <laughs> oh, God. It's always that. There you go. There's you brought one. the sunshine back. <laughs> <laughs> having, having said I wouldn't laugh at them too much earlier, I suddenly fancied a quick laugh. <laughs> well, I tell you what, guys, let, let's move it on swiftly to Southampton. We've got running out of time here. So I tell you what, Jace, let's start with you then. So Southampton, no winning their last six games. I hate to say this, Jace, there's no Dr. Tottenham come up, is there, on that basis? There's no winning their last ten games. Was it ten it? games? Maybe it six 10? Premier League games is or something. Is it really ten? I, I felt for them Saturday, Rick. You know, when you haven't won for nine games and you're, you're two one up in injury time and somebody scores a, a blatant handball against you, you, you so, realise it's... It was so it's, blatant. It was always like high-fiving the goalkeeper at one point, Jase. It, it was shocking, but... Oh, dear. Um, never mind. If it had to happen to someone, then it was better <laughs> then than it was against a lot of teams. I think I think we'll go down there and win, mate. Our record against Southampton is really good since since they come up. I think, although they're the last team ever to win at White Hart Lane, so that's that's one thing they've got. But mm. that apart, I think our record is excellent down there. We won what four four one last year? Was it four one or four nil last four, year? I think four, four one. one. Yeah, four Despite one. Despite Harry Kane's yeah. orbited penalty, so yeah, hope fingers crossed they've repaired that penalty spot from last year. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm confident we'll go down there and get the three points. Okay, and Seb, I mean seventeenth in the Premier League. Like Jason said, that the games I'm being, I thought it was six, but apparently it's ten. They're in absolute free fall, Southampton, Seb. Yeah, they're a funny old side. Actually, they yeah. um, they kind of um, having been praised for so long for their recruitment. There's a couple of areas of that squad which are really short. I mean, um, they got problems going. Forward. They they just really struggle to score goals mm. uh, and create proper chances. Um, they're also an habitually negative team who aren't that great behind the ball, which is a, a bit of a contradiction and a bit self defeating. But yeah, they. Um, yeah, they they haven't really adjusted to Pellegrino's management. I mean, he came as he's, he got the job off the back of um, building a very obstinate team at um, at uh, uh, at Alaves, um, mm. and it hasn't really worked. The crowd's a little bit negative as a result of that. So it's a kind of kind of game where you want to go a goal up. You don't want to give a, a crowd no, a, a reason to be anything mm. other than you know you're, we all remember what White Hart Lane could be like at its worst. Um, you know, you want to try and you want to try and keep St Mary's a bit like that on uh, on Sunday. Um, so yeah, hopefully it, it should go okay. I mean, um, it, strangely, I, I don't think they're the worst side. I, you know, they haven't played well enough to get more points than they have done, but they're not hopeless. So um, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think we'll yeah. be fine. They've got some good players in that team. Cat, come around to you. Do. They yeah, do. Yeah, they have indeed. I mean, Cat, come around to you. Four wins, nine draws and ten defeats for Southampton so far this season. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to expertise them. But, I mean, <laughs> Cat, Thanks, mate. I mean, what do you think? It's a game really going into that. It's a chance to keep on this on this winning rung, isn't it, for Cat, for well, us? Absolutely. Mm. We should be way too strong for them. Yeah, we should be. Well, 5-2 on Boxing Day. Yeah. Not long Honestly, ago, is it? That's come it. on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, really unexpected us to completely outplay them all over the park, yeah. to be honest. Uh, but the one thing I will say is a positive is Virgin Media as their sponsors, subsidising everyone's away ticket down there to 20 quid. So, well done, Virgin. So, well done, I've Virgin. only spent 20 pounds to go and watch Harry Kane get another hat-trick. <laughs> is that what you're going to go for, Kat? You're going to go for a 3-0 Harry Kane hat-trick? You're going to add a couple more goals I'll on go that? for more than that. I'm going for the Kane hat-trick, but I'll probably throw it a 4-0. 4-0. There, there you go. go. That is what confidence does on the back of a 4-0 yeah. win. Another 4-0. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jace, chuck us a prediction. What are you going to go for? Uh, I might take 3-0, mate. 3-0? I'll let Kat have 4. I'll take 3. Okay. Thank you. Seb's having 2 and you're having lost 1-0. Don't say that, God. <laughs> Seb, let's let's bring you in. Are we going to be close to a full house here, Seb? What are you going to go for? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a three nil, two nil. Yeah, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think um, 
yeah, I think we'll be uh, too strong as long as attitudes are right. And also, you know, the team spent the week in Barcelona, will have done by the time they, they take the field there. And, um, you know, that always seems to always seems to uh, provoke a, a positive response. So, um, yeah, all things looking good. Yeah, I'm going to go with you, Seb. I'm actually going to go for 3-1. I still think Spurs defensively, I think we could let one in, but I'm confident we'll get over the line. So, fingers crossed, a 3-1 win. Well, firstly, can I just say, Seb, been a pleasure having you on tonight. Hopefully, we'll get you back on the show at some point in the future. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. Don't be our pleasure. And Kat, lovely to have you on the show tonight, making your debut as well. You're very welcome. Um, thanks for putting up with me. Don't be silly, <laughs> not at all. Everyone will get you back on as well. And Jace, thank you as always. No problem, mate. And, and a word for Kat, she's got as much expertise as any of us. That's oh, true. bless yeah, you. Very, very, very knowledgeable fan. Very, you very have Kat. true. Don't do yourself down. Don't Aww, do yourself down. You're my best friend. Thank you, Jace. <laughs> <laughs> I, think Jason, you know what, I think Jason's just saying that just to win that competition cat about the fan I think so too we'll see you on the one show it'll, be in, it'll, be in touch, it'll be in touch over Skype guys we will be back next week I'll be discussing a win at St Mary's and as always come on you sp- and it lines it up and it's standing by Son Kane's waiting in the box Son's got himself Harry Kane taps it in and he gets another one Tottenham play Kane scores it's a common theme Kane well he's got another one and Harry Kane with two second half tap-ins and Tottenham starting to run away with it here's Deli Alley flicks it to Ericsson that's brilliant that is a simply fantastic goal Sports Social Podcast Network